Welcome to the Bucket List Buster Travel Show. Your Bucket List Buster Travel Show helps you make your bucket list dreams come true. Host Karen Duncan spent decades running the travel business. She, along with other industry experts, share their knowledge, travel stories, and wisdom about how to travel, where to travel, and how to have a stress-free adventure. Tune in. Give yourself permission to focus on yourself. Create lifelong memories with families and friends. And finally learn to relax, rejuvenate, and reconnect. And here's the host of your show, Karen Duncan. Aloha, buenos dias, ni hao, yahate, bula, guten tag, bonjour, jumbo, board tarde, everything's irie, and good afternoon. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Hello, everybody. This is Kieran Duncan, your host of Your Bucket List Buster. How's everybody doing today? I hope you're fabulous. I'm a little nasally today, so excuse me if I sound a little funny, but I'm going to get over it. I've been walking outside. I told you I was going to try and get in shape after last week's show. So I've been uh, walking around the lake here in Pflugerville every morning, and I think I'm getting a little sinusy, or it could be something weird that I'm eating. I'm trying to figure it all out. But anyway, today I have a fantastic show for you. It's all about Alaska, you guys. This is one of America's greatest natural wonders. And we're going to have Sasha McGinn from Alaska Railroad as we discover the interior of Alaska by rail. And since we're talking about Alaska, how about walking through the Glacier Gardens, a botanical garden in Alaska? That's right. I said gardens. We're going to talk about things to do. We're going to talk about trends of Alaska and other fun, fun stuff of all about Alaska today. Today we are coming back home to the states, the 49th state as a matter of fact. So let's go to Alaska. So today's thought of the week. You know, um, most people like to hear about exotic destinations on the show. They, they want to talk about the different places they visit internationally. But you know, there's so much to do right here at home. How much of the United States have you seen? In fact, I did this, you know, these Facebook surveys where you get to go in and pick the number of countries and places that you visited and they do it according to the map and you get to choose. I've got quite a few in North America. A lot of it is Caribbean um, and I've done a lot of states, but I don't think I've done even half the states. So there's a lot for us to see here at home. Um, So I wanted to talk a little bit about how we could do that. One of the things that I remember, and you've heard me talk about it before, is remembering riding the train across the United States as a kid. I think that's a fabulous way for you to see the countryside without having to drive, um, without you having the responsibilities of uh, packing and unpacking. The best way to do it is to get a sleeper car. How cool is that? I, you know, for, for young folks, you millennials and younger, You've not had that experience, but years ago when I was growing up, everybody traveled by train. Flying was um, not as cost effective for the general population, so most people took the train from one place to another. And it's a great way to be able to see the countryside. Um, You know, there are some pros and cons to doing it. You've got to go through the country on the track, so you can't make any side trips unless you're going to stop and rent a car and stay someplace. It is uh, a smaller, more compact confinement than a hotel room or even a cruise line um, stateroom. So your accommodations are smaller, but it is such a fantastic way. And nowadays the trains come with Wi-Fi. So if you're taking the kids, you know, they can get online if you're going to let them um, do electronics while they're on the train. I would say limit the amount of time that they get so they get actually get to see what's going on. It's it's about learning how to sit there and and having that quality time as a family. The other thing is RVing. This is something I'm really interested in doing and I'm thinking about trying to do this next year. Well, we just rent an RV and um, drive to a part of the country. 
I want to go to the Northwest. We want to do Yellowstone, and I'd like to see Washington State and the Seattle region and, and up in that area. And, you know, take a couple weeks. Take your time. You can always camp with the RV. That's an option. And if you get tired of being in the RV, you can stop and get a hotel room. And that's kind of what I want to do um, next year. And I think that would be a lot of fun. And and I consider that RVing glamping, although some would not. But there's camping and glamping. Glamping is just a little more where you have more amenities um, in camping versus just having a tent. I'm not getting ready to lay in a tent. I'm, I'm getting a little too um, seasoned for laying on the ground. And I know there are some really fancy ones, but I'm not all about being out amongst the bugs and the other stuff that comes with camping. How about that? If I were a little bit younger, that would be a, a really fun. But that's kind of one of those things to me that when you do it as a kid, you enjoy it and you grow up doing it and you don't mind continuing doing it the rest of your life. It's hard to decide that you're going to start camping at my age with no experience. Somebody that you're with is going to have to have experience camping. And so that's what we're going to talk about um, things to do within the United States. And this this week I'm starting with um, Alaska. We're going to talk about the last frontier of Alaska. And then um, next week we're going to talk about going to theme parks, inclusive theme parks for special needs families. And then we're going to turn around the following week and talk about the American Cruise Line that are doing the American Rivers, which is a fantastic opportunity, another way for you to be able to see the United States. So let's let's get started. I'm going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about travel trends related to family travel to Alaska. And then we'll have our special guest, Miss Sasha McGinn, a native Alaskan. In fact, she's five generations Alaskan. So she's got a lot to tell us about Alaska. So thanks for listening to your Bucket List Buster. This is Karen Duncan, your host, and I'll be back in a minute. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Are you ready to rise up and share all your greatness to the world? Stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our eWomen Network Entrepreneur Conference and Business Expo in Dallas this year, August 3rd through the 5th. There will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge, wisdom, and even partnerships. Get ready to be coached by me and learn from other multi-million dollar speakers who will teach, inspire, motivate, and guide you to transform your thinking from small to big. And you can't beat the food and fun at our Saturday night dance party either. Look, no one makes it alone, so it's time to stop trying to be the COE, chief of everything, and step into your role as CEO. There is nothing like the eWomen Network Conference to bring out your genius and help you take action on living your dream. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. Welcome back. This is Karen Duncan, your host of Your Bucket List Buster. So today we are talking about Alaska, and we've got some some a really cool travel trend that's happening with Alaska right now. Used to be that Alaska was considered the last frontier, still considered that, but it was just so far out there and so exotic and so uh, nature-like that Um, only folks in a certain age demographic were going. Um, Families weren't one of those demographics that people looked at. But families are catching on and catching the attention of uh, travel companies, cruise lines and travel companies, because people are wanting to do it as a family. I would love to do Alaska as a family. So it's multi-generational. That is a huge trend for Alaska right now. And why Alaska, do you ask? Well, there's a lot of combinations of experiences that you can have in Alaska. Lots of opportunities. You can sit back and enjoy the scenery. You can um, do family reunions and groups. 
grandparents can go, grandchildren can go, lots of things for them to see. We'll talk a little bit of, later in the show about some of the things you can do. Cruising has, has become a mega uh, travel trend in Alaska. They are building more ships specifically for Alaska every year. And it's just, the opportunity is amazing. So for instance, Princess Cruise Line has launched several different programs, North to Alaska, Discovery at Sea. And these are to provide passengers with experiences that are not as typical um, as some of the other cruise lines and some of the things that we're used to doing when we go on Alaskan cruises. For instance, they've got marine life habitat in the water. So they're talking about the, the water and marine life, that um, things that revolve around uh, what's in the water, what type of fish are in the water, what type of other mammals might be up there in Alaska. They've got Shark Week. If you want the kids to be um, more acquainted with the history of, of Alaska, they've got the Klondike Festival. That's an event for gold panning. So they actually get to go and, and see how in the old days people were panning for gold and get to experience that. The cruise line also gets, has a program called Real Alaskans where they bring on board local author, chef, chefs, and artisans. That's really, really huge because what are we most curious about when it comes to Alaska? Not just about the glaciers and the water, but about the people. The, what are the stereotypes about Alaskans that you have, that everybody lives in an igloo? We hear that all the time. In fact, I talked to Sasha about that uh, in the interview that we're going to talk, talk to her about. But... But we want to get past those stereotypes, and the way you do that is to bring people on board so they can ask questions and talk about what it's like to live in Alaska. The national parks are huge because last year was the 100th anniversary, and so there are lots of tours that revolve around the, the national parks up in Alaska. For instance, the Klondike Gold Rush National Historic Landmark in Sagway they're having a they're building a new museum that's going to be really cool soapy smith you remember him slightly obnoxious soapy smith then there's glacier bay national park the official opening um, is going to be in a new huna tribal house at the bartlett coal this is big and lake clark national park will open its first public use cabin ever paddlefish hike or simply embrace this special place of the former home of dick pronicki one uh, one man's wilderness he was the creator of and he um it's going to be amazing the woodward cabin is sure to be popular destination for remote loving families so there's a lot to do um, in the national parks and new mu new museums that are opening up and things for uh, new things for people to see. So I'm going to take another quick break and when I get back I'm going to talk about some more of those things to do get real a little more specific about things to do in Alaska. This is Karen Duncan your bucket list buster and I'll be back in a minute. Premium River Cruise Line Emerald Waterways has been named Best Value in River Cruising three years in a row by Cruise Critic. Emerald Waterways started four years ago and has a fleet of seven ships, three of them new this year. Inclusions that set it apart in the premium value category are all gratuities concluded, wine, beer, and soft drinks with lunch and dinner, airport transfers, daily excursions, a heated pool that converts to a cinema, Emerald Active Hiking and Biking Excursions, and Large Balcony Suites. Emerald's popular cruise itineraries feature the Danube, Rhine, Southern France, and the Douro River in Portugal. Our 2018 brochure features an early booking discount of up to $1,000 per couple. Learn more at emeraldwaterways.com. Welcome back to your Bucket List Buster. This is Karen Duncan, your host. 
Speaking of Emerald Waterways, we are going to do the Danube. Your bucket list buster has 10 spaces available to do the Danube in May 2018. If you would like to go with us to see these UNESCO heritage sites, the castles, the cathedrals on Emerald Waterways, go to your Bucket List Buster Facebook page where you'll find all the details on how to be included. We're getting $475 airfare, I'm sorry, $495. And if you have a sweet $1,000 air credit, it's, it's a fantastic deal, guys. You need to come go with us. Like I said, we've got 10 spaces available. Um, we may see if we can increase it if we get a lot of interest, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So come join us. So let's talk, get back to Alaska. We are talking Alaska today. And um, some of the things to do in Alaska, first let me mention, Alaska Cruises in 2015 took the top spot from Las Vegas as the top U.S. destination. That's how big Alaska cruising has become over the years. And it's just getting bigger and better. So things to do. So this was really cool to me. Um, one of the things that we like to do, and if you look at some of my pictures that I take whenever I go on vacation, if I can I go to the botanical gardens because my husband is a gardener and he loves ornamental flowers and just beautiful stuff. So we take a lot of pictures of flowers, especially things that we don't get to see on a regular basis that we may can come back and research and figure out whether we can grow them here at home in Texas or not. But there is a, a garden, a glacier garden in Alaska. So the season to grow is very short, of course. Summer only lasts three months. That's May through September. But they can they can pack a lot in the 18 to 24 hour sunlight that they get each day. So their daylight is like double. So that kind of increases it to six months, I guess you could say, if for some summertime and daylight. So because of that, they have breaker uh, record breaking. Jurassic Park sized produce in the farmer's market and lush botanical gardens that showcase hundreds of local plants and varieties of historically grown by homesteading settlers. I think that is amazing and I want to see that because can't you just imagine that these things have a short period of time to grow so they grow very quickly and they grow to be huge. Amazing. But yes, yeah, so the Glacier Gardens is 50 acres of Southeast Alaska Rainforest Garden, and they have guides that can take you around. It's a botanical garden that features one-of-a-kind flower towers and the mighty Tongass National Forest. So your guide takes you through the lush garden creations and offers educational information so you understand the temperate rainforest fascinating ecosystem and diverse plant and animal life there in the gardens and it's easily accessible covered vehicles take you through the panoramic views of Juneau, Alaska in a botanical garden setting unlike anything you've ever expected to find in the last frontier. I tell you I was very shocked to find out that there was a botanical garden. So here are some other things and and that, that is actually a tour you can take if you're on a cruise and you want to do an excursion, they will um, come and pick you up. So some other things, ATV and four-wheeling, that's not so unexpected, I don't think, um, as something to do there. They have eco-tours, eco-tour packages, kayaking and rafting, um, water sports and zip lining. Everybody's doing zip lining. We've even got zip lining here in Austin, Texas. Can you believe that? Well, it's not really in the city, but very close to the city. In terms of art and culture and history, we've got cultural and historic tours, festivals and events, and then museums and cultural centers. And then, of course, there are hiking and biking in backcountry, so backcountry expeditions. I know of bicycling, glacier hiking, guided camping. I know of people that um, go every year and they get dropped off. You see, you've seen that probably on some um, some television shows or infomercials or anything that 
talks about Alaska that you watch where you can be flown in um, by helicopter to your own private spot and you can stay there for days at a time and you can camp and you can hike and you can fish. The people that I know that go, they go so that they can go fishing every year. One of my dreams is to go halibut and salmon fishing in Alaska. They've got day cruises that will take you to do that, as well as wildlife cruises, private cruises, river cruising, fishing, of course, day fishing, overnight fishing, freshwater fishing, saltwater fishing. And then we can go shopping and uh, there's nightlife in, in Alaska. Yeah, nightlife. Can you imagine nightlife? What do you do in Alaska at night? Well, you can party with the best of them. Eating, eating, casual dining. They've got um, formal dining. Microbreweries is a growing trend right now. Hard ciders. Uh, we wondered about beer in Alaska and Sasha talks to us about um, beer in Alaska. But the, you know, it's daytime in the summertime, which is, is, you know, it's kind of a hard to imagine what it'd be like to be in Alaska when it's daylight the whole, the whole time. Um, but you just put your little eye covers on and you go to sleep because you're exhausted because you've seen so much live music and theater, Argentino tango and swing dancing. I mean, lots and lots to do in the nighttime city tours, culinary tastings, day tours, the flight tours, gold panning. That could be really fun to go out and go do gold, um, gold panning for gold. And what about photo tours? If you've ever been a closet photographer, this is the time for you to um, pull out your camera and just go crazy. Take pictures of everything because it is amazing what you'll see in Alaska, not just uh, the animals, but just the scenery in itself. It's one of those moments where you, you have an aha moment. It's like meditation. It's like getting connected to the universe when you go to a destination like Hawaii. Then we've got railroad trips that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Dog sledding and wildlife viewing. So... Whether you want to see a bear or not, there is a chance that you're going to see bears. So that's one of the things that you have to be um, cautious of, um, making sure that you make enough noise and that you're staying on the beaten trail and that you're going with someone that is familiar with the area, unless you've, you've been going multiple times and you're familiar with the area. But you want to watch for bears, and it depends on the time of year. But in the spring is when the bears wake up from hibernation um, usually May, uh, they've been coming out earlier some in some places because of the warming. It's getting warmer earlier, and so they're a little confused. Um, uh, we were just watching something recently about that, so we have to be careful. Birding, if you're into birds, you've got to go. Wildlife excursions and packages, zoos, aquariums. And here's another one, dog sledding. That is on some people's bucket list is to go mushing. And if that's on your bucket list, then you need to go ahead and make that happen. The Northern Lights viewing, and then there's winter packages and sightseeing. So there's lots and lots and lots to do. There's 70 miles of um, Kodiak Island that you can go and take a look at in the waters. If you want a free vacation guide, go to the website. They've got a an official state of Alaska vacation planner and they'll send you a copy. So we're, when I get back, we're going to take another quick break. We've got Sasha McGean, who is with the Alaskan Railroad, and she is going to talk to us about this fantastic company that's been around for forever. When I tell you forever, so 1940, since 19, let's see, since 19... 03 Alaskan Central Railroad was uh, was the original name. Now it's the Alaska Railroad was built. The first railroad in Alaska 
and it started in Seward and extended 50 miles north. So in 1903, so when we get back, we'll learn more about the Alaskan Railroad and uh, talk to Sasha about Alaska itself since she's a native born. This is Karen Duncan, your bucket list buster. I'll be back in a minute. We are back with our Telecom Thursday tip with our friends over at Wireless Traveler. The Telecom ban. Well, things have changed since we originally started doing this piece. We now know that there are several Middle Eastern company countries that have been banned from um, bringing um, computer laptops on board and tablets. Um, most of them are in the Middle East. There have been a couple that have acquired the ability to uh, reverse that ban because they have done some additional security uh, measures to be able to do so. But we've been following closely since late, late March when inbound U.S. flights from a number of Middle Eastern countries have imposed a ban on laptop tablets, meaning they have to be checked in as luggage and cannot be used in flights. And last month, there was some speculation of extending the laptop ban from European flights to the U.S. as John Kelly, head of Homeland Security, expressed a real concern and threat when asked flat out by Fox News reporters if he would extend the ban. His response was, I might. Well, they have not so far. So there is no ban for the countries like the U.K., France, and Germany, etc., but watch this space as we keep you apprised of any updates. So what does this mean for our travelers currently doing business or traveling for leisure to the Middle East? Well, some of our listeners have already expressed concern to pack their laptops or iPads in their luggage, and some are even considering not taking the devices and relying more on their smartphones, which are still permitted on board the aircraft. Others are even taking burner phones, which are temporary phones primarily used for travel. And I know many of our business travelers going to China, which is a whole other telecom Thursday topic, are taking these phones supplied by their companies as, as once you enter China, all electronic devices are scanned and monitored. A sobering thought when you consider about all your personal confidential information on these phones. So to recap, no electronic travel ban now for Europe, but well worthwhile to monitor the status prior to your travels this summer, as we all know policies can suddenly be introduced at a moment's notice, and especially when safety of passengers is paramount. And this is from our friends at wirelesstraveler.com, and this is Telecom Thursday Tips. Talk to you soon. This is your Bucket List Buster. We're back from a break. I'm Karen Duncan, your host. And we have on the line with us today, Sasha McGinn, who is the passenger sales account executive with Alaska Railroad. Welcome, Sasha. Thank you so much, Karen, for having me this morning. How are you? I am fabulous. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So we're, we've got a time difference going on. What time is it there where you are? It is 11.04 a.m. Alaska and, time. And you're in Alaska. You're actually in Alaska. Yes, ma'am. I am based in Anchorage, Alaska. So, you know, Alaska is like number one and two, depending on which poll you look at as um, for the top bucket list buster spots in the world. It has quite the draw on the attraction. And rightfully so. It's beautiful up here. So you need to come. <laughs> I know. Were you born there or you just moved there? No, I was actually, I was born and raised here. I'm a, nice. a fifth generation Alaskan. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. And so I'm going to go off task here and ask you, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, you know, for my single female listeners out there, is it still true what they say? There's, there's way more guys up there than it is women? Um, I would say yes. And then there's a funny saying that goes around for comic uh, relief, I guess you could say, um, where the odds are good, but the goods are odd. Ah, that's good. That is good. That's so, so funny. So I, got a single, up here. <laughs> I got a single daughter. Maybe I'll send her up there. I don't think she'll do the cold, though. That's the only thing. The summers is, is, are gorgeous. I, I bet. absolutely love the summers. You don't have the humidity. You've got the abundance of sunshine and daylight. And you nice. Can mow your lawn or go fishing at 11 o'clock at night. 
See, that's just amazing. That would be amazing. That would probably confuse me because I'm one of those. I, I, I tell people all the time when I'm reincarnated, I'll probably come back as a bear. Because I don't like the cold and I don't like winter. So what happens when it turns nighttime in the winter here, I think it's time to go to bed. So I'm thinking that if I come back as a bear, I'll hibernate through winter. And then I'll have all spring and summer to enjoy the sunlight. So maybe that's... That's the plan, anyway. Maybe Alaska, <laughs> where you where you'll be. <laughs> Maybe Alaska is where I'll be, <laughs> so I can have sunlight twenty four hours a day. That'd be that'd be really great. So tell us about yourself. How did how did you end up in the travel industry? That's a great question. So of course you always have that plan when you're going off to college, and then that plan changes, right? <laughs> so right, absolutely. Um, being born and raised in Alaska, I um, wanted to depart out of the state and spread my wings and fly. And I went to school down in Wisconsin. And after my sophomore year, I came up and worked in the tourism industry. Um, it's where I first got my introduction. I was greeting guests as they came off of the ships in Seward and Whittier and mm-hmm. fell in love with that. Originally, I was going to school for physical therapy. Wow. Wow. People are so excited to see me. This is great. Hmm. I'm sure I want to do physical therapy. I mean, flexion and extension, don't get me wrong. It's it's a great exercise, but you're you're inflicting a pain in a way. You know, it's a good thing. You're strengthening them. But um, people coming off the ships as they're entering Alaska, you know, like you said, it's their bucket list. It's a a destination that's top of mind that people want to come up and see. And so they're excited to see you. They're excited to be a part. And everything's at their fingertips. And that energy was contagious and it made me really do some reflecting. And when I returned back to school that fall, I decided to drop my physical therapy program and focus on my business undergrad. And wow. then um, was down in the States or in Wisconsin for roughly 11 years. And then I came back up in August of 2015. How does that saying go? The mountains were calling. <laughs> Yeah. So, so what did your, what did your family feel about you going from physical therapy to, well, business, they still weren't thinking travel and tourism at that point, I'm sure. They they weren't. And how the the curriculum was set up in the school is it was a doctorate of physical therapy. So doctorate and PT and then undergrad of your choice. And I wanted the business undergrad to be more diverse and ultimately have the ability to run my own clinic is what I was thinking at 18. Mm And um, business undergrad was a nice, degree to be able to have a lot of flexibility, um, right? whatever channel I went down. And so um, they loved it when I came back, obviously back to Alaska with home. And um, right. I thoroughly enjoyed being in the, me being involved in the tourism industry. So did you work in the tourism industry in Wisconsin as well? No, it, like I said, life's little past. So um, I graduated college in 08 with a, a double major in information technology and marketing. And very fortunate to have an IT job presented or have that lined up upon graduation. So I was in the IT financial services industry for four and a half years as a product manager. And then I wanted to get out of the office and mm-hmm. engage with folks. And I uh, became a market representative for Wisconsin as well as in Chicagoland um, for the building industry for a premium wow. sports manufacturer and did that for about two and a half years met a lot of phenomenal people and had that person or um, interaction with customers and really enjoyed that. Um, but something was still missing. And mm-hmm. so it was one of those opportunities where I was reflecting and trying to figure out what it was and uh, missing family and essentially my roots and foundation. And so um, made the decision to move back up to Alaska. Amazing. You know, that's that's how I, I tell most people that I interview on the show that um, most of us end up in travel and tourism by accident. There are very few, very few people I know that wake up as children and say, I want to be in the travel and tourism industry. You don't really think about that. And when I was teaching travel and tourism at Austin Community College, I went to a conference one year and they had done a study that said, most children determine their direction in life because of their mother's influence, first of all. Mm-hmm. Okay. And mothers tend to 
say working at Six Flags or working at a restaurant or working at a hotel is a good part-time summer job while you're in school, but nobody looks at this industry as a full-time career. And so for that reason, people don't think about um, encouraging their children to go into this industry. Now, on the other hand, I've been, I've, I've had my travel business for 22 years and I have a son that's a performer on a cruise ship and a daughter that's a flight attendant, but they, but even they accidentally ended up into that, (laughs) but they at least recognized that, you know, it was an option in their lives. Um, but this is not what they finished college to, to do. Um, so it's really, it's really kind of weird, even with the influence, because I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I could be on an airplane or traveling or doing something regarding travel and tourism every day, all day for the rest of my life. But, um, but anyway, that's, that's off. That was off our, our script, but that's okay, because oh, people learn a little bit you. more about us. Huh? What is it? For you, Karen. How did you sure. get engaged and involved in the tourism industry? Well, it's really, it's, I'll make it short. I started off as a, I started off as a therapeutic recreation major in college, which most people never knew even existed, but recreation has always been a big part of my life, either in sports or whatever. My parents were very active people um, the whole time I was growing up. And so I was one of those students that was a decent student, but I was trying to find a major that had no math. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and so I went into therapeutic recreation initially, but when I left college, I ended up um, going into the insurance industry. I, I became a um, an insurance agent, believe it or not. And kind of like you, it was like this just does not fit my personality at all. And once you've been in recreation or dealing with the public, and you find that that kind of fits your personality, mm-hmm. to then be stuck in an office. Um, and, and selling something that people have to have, but they're not all that anxious to talk to you about. Um, it really kind of felt like I was, I was drowning. And so I went to a entrepreneur expo one year and, um, this guy said, find what you would do for free. When you're thinking about what you want your life to be like and what feel you want to be in. Find something that every morning you feel that you would wake up so excited to do it, you don't care whether you get paid or not. And as I reflected on my life, I traveled. I took the train um, from Montana, from Memphis to Montana with my mom and grandmother and a cousin. We traveled, we skied. I traveled because of tennis growing up, because of bowling. I mean, we were gone. We, We did a lot of traveling. And... So as I thought about it, travel became that thing that I was interested in and that I could do. And so I ended up, that's, that was 22 years ago wow. um, that's a really that I started good, this. Uh, question to ask, though. Just yeah, yeah. Rhetorically, yeah. find out what you would do for free. Cause that, yeah, that find out what you, if, if you can wake up and say, if I'm not getting paid, but I love what, talking about it, doing it, you know, helping others, whatever it is, that's. That is it. Ultimately, you want to get paid for it, but then you don't feel like you're going to work every day. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's your passion. It's your bliss. It, exactly. That's exactly right. So tell us about Alaska Railroad. A lot of people come into Alaska on cruise ships. Nobody ever thinks about doing it on the railway. Right. Well, so a couple of your questions you're asking of like what the trends are, and I'm going to kind of bebop around from those and about the Alaska Railroad. So um, a lot of people, like you said, do come up to Alaska on that Alaska cruise. And I know as a, a child growing up, I remember seeing on the, the state map or the, the continental United States map, you have all the states. And then back in the bottom left or the bottom right corner, you see Alaska floating out there by Hawaii. And it wasn't, of course, proportionate. And mm-hmm. um something to know when people come up on the cruise is when they're doing that inside passage cruise, whether they're departing out of Seattle or Vancouver and going and visiting Juneau and Ketchikan and Skagway, they're seeing that inside passage, which is gorgeous, but it's only about 6% of Alaska. Right. And so a lot of people that are coming up on the cruise is like, oh, this is great. This is beautiful, but there's so much more. 
which mm-hmm. worked nicely. So we're seeing people come back up to Alaska for a second vacation. Um, nice. See more of the mainland, and that's where the railroad comes into play since um, Alaska has five regions overall. And we're in a wonderful position that with our 500 miles of track, we're able to connect south-central Alaska, which is where Anchorage is and is the most populated area, and the interior of Alaska, which is where Fairbanks is and Tenali is, um, with our track system. And so guests are able, a lot of them come up and do a cross-gulf of Alaska cruise seven days and disembark in Stewart or Whittier, or they can start their cruise out of those two cruise ports, um, but still, so they could see potentially three regions if they did a mm. land and cruise option, which is great. That is cool. That That's so, you you can't get the rail, so we can clear it up, you can't get the Alaskan Railroad out of um, Seattle or Vancouver. You have to get it in Alaska. It starts and ends in Alaska, correct? That is correct. So good point. Um, so our rail belt does not connect to any other rail system in Alaska or Canada or the lower 48 or the continental United States mm-hmm. for independence. Okay. So to be able to start a journey, for instance, our mile markers are furthest south part of the rail belt is Seward, the port town of Seward. Um, that's mile marker zero. And then Fairbanks is in the interior of Alaska. And that's our farthest, uh, our northernmost terminus of the rail belt. So to ride the railroad, people can fly into Alaska. You can, you can access us beyond the cruise. <laughs> um, people can drive right. up to Alaska. Um, or like you said, or people can do a cruise. It's just making sure that if they want to use the cruise ship as for arrival means, um, that it has to, it would need to be a cross Gulf of Alaska cruise, where the final port of call would be Seward or Whittier, if they would like to ride on board the Alaska Railroad. And so, what type of uh, packages do you offer, or are there packages? Do you just hop on and um, do day trips, or do multiple day trips? At, um, yes, and yes. <laughs> So just to give you an overview, so our summer season is, of course, the most popular time where visitors come up to Alaska. They think there's no snow Mm -hmm. and it's warmer. That is the case. And we've got that abundance of sunshine, as I had mentioned earlier. Um, So our summer season is from mid-May to mid-September. And during that time frame, we have three trains that run daily um, all along our 500 miles of track. And there's certain trains that segments. And so we do have day trip options where people can fly into Anchorage or if they're basing their trip out of Anchorage, they can hop on board. For instance, they should discovery train, great day trip train out of Anchorage, head south, go rafting amongst glacial icebergs, float down a river, and then reboard the train and then ride back into Anchorage that evening. Um, or we put together packages that range anywhere from five days that pair up with cruise ships, itineraries, um, as they come off the cruise ship, or they can fly up to Alaska and not include a cruise at all if they don't want to. They can fly into Fairbanks and work their way south and fly out of Anchorage, or fly in and out of Anchorage. Um, and so with our packages, what's included in them is it's the rail component as well as hotel accommodations and then day tours. Um, nice. So for instance, um, our most popular one is the Deluxe Alaska Sampler, where guests are going to have the opportunity to experience all three of our daily summer trains. They're going to go rafting. They're going to mm. venture out to Kenai Fjords National Park, which is in Seward, based out of Seward. And that's where they can see sea lions and puffins and sea otters and possibility gray or humpback whales. Um, they would overnight in Seward, and then they can experience the, Seward, the Alaska Sea Life Center down in Seward, go on a dog mushing adventure, mm. hike up to a glacier, um, and then the next day venture up to Denali National Park and enjoy a dinner night theater overnight in Denali and then the next day venture further down the park road which is 92 miles long they're going to enjoy dinner and possibly see Denali and we're guaranteed that she will be out <laughs> yeah yeah and then um, take the train back south down to Anchorage you're going to get a, a nice assortment of everything that is offered and it's going to include 
like I said, the rail, the hotel, and the day tours. And what's nice with our packages um, is if you're working with clients, they can either book, you can work with them to book directly in with them. Or say you are chatting with your clients and are trying to understand, or they want to spend a couple of days in Denali because it's a large national park. It's celebrating its centennial this year, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely worth spending some days there, or if they want to spend a couple more days down in Seward, you have that ability um, to work with us, and we can tailor make the packages. So sometimes we'll use our packages as a starting point, um, right. modify and create their own special Alaska Railroad travel package based on how they want to experience Alaska Nice. That's really cool. So I'm, 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 right. Like by using the various rail schedules that we have and say, okay, I want to fly in. I want to take the rail north for a few days. I want to go flight staying out of Talpeetna. And I want to do a boat tour and then zip line stop by the custom brewery. I mean, there's so many different options they can do. That's really, that's really an option that I had never thought about. And that's really kind of cool. Um, because I do know people that fly in and go fishing, um, but I don't know of anyone that's ever taken the train. And that could be, um, I, I wouldn't mind doing that, actually. That'd be a good one to do our, our your Bucket List Buster show live from. That would you know? be really awesome because each South Central and Interior Alaska, the, the regions look different. Um, and be able to experience firsthand. I mean, you leave the driving to us. We have our onboard hospitality with our tour guides that are going to provide the the narration. There's dining on board. There's adult beverages. And our average pace is about 35 miles an hour. So it's not an Amtrak experience, mind you. And so you're rolling down the tracks. If you see wildlife, our tour guides are going to point that out. And since moose at 2 o'clock outside the right-hand side, Depending on the time, our conductors are actually going to be able to slow down the train even more, possibly even stop for a few minutes. I, I did a train, um, the Glacier Discovery, and there were mountain sheep on the mountainside. Oh. And so we actually stopped for 10 minutes so we could get photos. With Sony. That's amazing. So we're able to put our own special touch to make it wonderful. That's really, that's really, really nice. So what, what are some of the trends that you're noticing with um, your business? Well, um, I had mentioned a lot of people that we're seeing that may have done a cruise up to Alaska are really hungry and eager to see more of us. Mm-hmm. We're realizing how large Alaska is. So that's a great option, an opportunity for visitors to come up and really experience from Alaska. Yeah. That and that gives them reason to come back over and over again. <laughs> exactly. I mean, some people have come back. I've talking to a couple. Um, it was last year when I was thing, but um, we're like, oh, this is our third trip back. We love it up here, and it, we always see new things when we come back and different parts that we're able to experience that you can't um, cram in all in, in one trip. I mean, like I was saying uh, earlier with the map reference, Alaska is a large state, so you're not. I um, don't want to cram it as much because you're not going to be able to enjoy it. Granted, there's the daylight, but to be able to explore and really experience your destinations along the rail belt and all of Alaska is important. Nice. So who's your typical client? So we um, have various types of that we're able to host on board, whether it be the, the honeymooners or the established couples, even... Uh, group tours or multi-generational families. Maybe it's the grandparents that are celebrating their 50th anniversary and are taking their children and grandchildren on an afternoon. So we've got um, a wide array of guests on board. That yeah, that's every that's same, everybody, isn't it? It is. They all have that same commonality <laughs> where they want that adventure, seeing the last frontier. Yeah. And with our different day tour options, um, we've got some things that are light adventure. For instance, you can go hike with the U.S. Forest Ranger and learn about the flora and the fauna at um, one of our Spencer Glacier Whistle Stops, a two-and-a-half-mile hike. Or for those that are more adrenaline enthusiasts, you can go ice climbing on a glacier. <laughs> so, oh, wow. There's a lot of different things that you can do. And um, I do that flexibility. Dog mushing, which that is a tight thing. Yeah, that dog mushing. I've, I... Um, I 
the dog trainer that we had for our our dog when he was a puppy actually was coming back and forth to do to um, work with dogs and mushers um, and we started talking about putting together a group trip so people could come up there and do some mushing. I thought that would be a lot of fun, but we haven't we haven't put made that come to fruition yet. So work on that, Karen. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm right on board with us. <laughs> you're exactly right. We're going to start mushing up there. <laughs> I want to go fishing. My thing is to go, I want to go fishing. My husband and I love to deep sea fish, but... Okay. So Ala- going coming to Alaska and catching some halibut and some salmon would be right up my alley. That that's what I want to do. Definitely must do. I went halibut fishing over my, uh, Memorial Weekend and had a ball. That's mm, 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 a big one out of the group, which is a small forty pounder. But those are the the nice tasty ones. I but they're so much fun to catch, aren't they? They are the fight. Ugh, yes. <laughs> Uh, that's the best part. That's the, that's exactly. I'm glad to hear another girl say that. That's really oh, good. Yes. yes, yes. I mean, to an extent, like when I was younger, uh, fishing with my brother, we would have you know, essentially fishing competitions for salmon. And it mm-hmm. got to one point where I would uh, paint my lures with different shades of my fingernail polish to try. And, oh! and that just didn't work. So don't try. Oh, how that. funny. But, that's yeah, funny. I was, I was trying all tactics. and. <laughs> <laughs> not work out the way I was intending it. So, which one of your tours, or um, which what's your specialty? Which one is the um, the the tour or the ride that gets the most attention from folks? Okay, well, there's there's two. Can I have two? <laughs> yeah, you can have two. Okay, okay, perfect. So, from uh, a train perspective, um, the train that goes from Anchorage, well, each train is special over three. It depends what um, guests are looking to do while they're in Alaska and experience. Um, the Coastal Classic is a train that travels between Anchorage and Seward. It's mm-hmm. a little over four hours for that travel time frame. And that train ride, um, our tracks hug Turnigan Arm. So that's the part of the rail belt where the mountains meet the ocean. So you have the opportunity to see beluga whales, depending if they're out and about. And then that's where you have the mountain goats. You can see moose. Possibly, I mean, granted, like I said, we can't cue the wildlife to appear. <laughs> so right. It's a possibility. But then there's also um, the track system breaks away from the road system. So there's a part of the stretch where it's next to the road, the Seward Highway, which is um, the scenic byway. Um but um, you can, when we branch off with our tracks um, and travel through mountain passes, we actually, you can see glaciers hanging, valleys, mm. breathtaking, as you roll on down the tracks, and then you arrive into the port town of Seward uh, just after 11 a.m. So that one's, um, that one's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's truly breathtaking. And then Beautiful. another popular train, of course, is the Denali Star, which is our flagship train, and that's the one that travels between Anchorage to Fairbanks, but with the name Denali in its title, we do stop at Denali National Park, and that, of course, is a huge draw of, of course. people wanting to see Denali. Yeah. So that one's a beautiful segment as well with uh, stops in Talkeetna, which is just a few hours north of Anchorage, and it's on the it's actually the best spot, I would say, to see Denali, because um, it's on the south side, and mm-hmm. so... Um, on a clear day, you can see Denali right from the town. And it's actually where climbers, the community where climbers would check in if they're going to go climb Denali. So you have the opportunity of, um, or guess what, if they're in a restaurant or bar, like people can come off the mountains if they just hiked and you can have an interaction with a climber. Um, It's a really, really special opportunity. And then there's great flight seeing tours outside of Talkeetna with Denali right there that you can go up and see the different um, parts of Denali, possibly even land on a glacier, depending on which tour selected. Mm. It's really a great opportunity to see a different perspective of Alaska. Right. I can just visualize that. That's, that sounds amazing, totally amazing. Do you guys have any promotions going on right now or any specific thing that you want the, the listeners to hear about? 
well, we've got a fun new menu. I want to call it fun, but a new Ooh. menu that we rolled out um, for the summer. So um, to give a little bit more background, we have two service levels on board. Um, so Adventure Class is our original service level. We've got those great forward-facing seats, the large picture windows, the open-air vestibules on each rail car, which is essentially, if you envision a farm door. Mm-hmm. And top door can open, so you can get those great photo options or videos or just enjoy that fresh breeze as you roll on down the tracks. And so with that service, um, meals are purchased. You can purchase meals a la carte. And then um, we also do have the dining car for that, <clears throat> for that one. And then we have Gold Star Service, which is our premium service level. And it's available on our Volsco class, so the train that travels from Anchorage down to Seward. And then the Denali Star, which travels between Anchorage and Fairbanks. And with the Denali Star, it's a bi-level dome car that has a glass dome ceiling, and that's where the seats nice. are, ticketed up top. And then on the main level, it's festival-style dining. So up on the main level, you guests would come up, they would put their belongings at their seat, and with Gold Star service, each guest receives two complimentary adult beverages that are included in the ticket price. Which is great. Wow. So guests can get their, their beverage of choice and then they can continue to the back part of the rail car. And something that's really special in the Alaska Railroad is the only train in the world, right? The only train in the world to, to have this is the second story outdoor viewing platform. So it's covered on top and then it's open with side railings. And so you could dip your morning cup of coffee or your mimosa or your Bloody Mary, depending. Yeah. Like <laughs> to enjoy your beverages as you roll on down the tracks. And it's just, it's a beautiful way. You're protected from the elements, but you can take in the view. Feel it. Down the track. Yeah. And then, that sounds beautiful. Amazing. And then um, the wait staff would um, bring the guests downstairs to the main level or to the main level of the car. And then that's where we've got um, our new menus. So we've got um, some of our favorites, which is the country scrambler with reindeer sausage, um, or you can have bacon. Um, and then mm. they also have some barley, um, a barley dish for those that are more of the health conscientious, or the reindeer sausage um, bolognese, and of course salmon and seafood. Um, but we also have a phenomenal pot roast. So if people oh wow want more of the comfort, they can go that route. But there's a lot of different options, and then we also do so. What does reindeer taste like? Oh, okay. Have you had moose or, or venison? I've had venison. Yes. Okay, so it's similar to venison. Okay. Okay. That's funny. I'm glad no kiddos listen to the show, so they don't think that we're <laughs> eating Rudolph. But. <laughs> Um, but we uh, we do incorporate that Alaskan twist um, spin into the the menu. So we have got those favorites, and then we incorporate the Alaskan brews and local ingredients um, when available. So you might have, for instance, a birch syrup salad dressing. Mmm. Little tiny touches of Alaska that yeah, a true taste of it, which is great. That's really- Really good because the culinary the culinary part of traveling is really important to me, and I'm always wanting people and encouraging them to step out of their comfort zone and try something that is indicative of the destination that they're going to. And all of us know that there's great salmon up there and great halibut, but you don't think about reindeer sausage and some of the other things. Um, available. What type of alcoholic beverages are indicative of Alaska? Do you have your own beers? We do have our own beers, and as I'm sure, like if you've seen in the lower 48 as well, um, our content is excuse me, my Alaska bargain here, um, that there are quite a few breweries. There's some of the there's some of Fairbanks, um, and we incorporate those when when we're able. I mean, Good. there's even a, a vodka distillery. What? But I guess vodka vodka fits Alaska because it's a colder climate, and you and I I imagine vodka, you know, from countries that are on the chillier side. So that makes sense. Russia. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right across the street, not across the street. (laughs) Right, I can see it just beyond. (laughs) I can see it from there. (laughs) Right, right. From my yes. 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's good though. That's good. That would be very important for my husband because he, you know, he's always talking about, you know, he has this vision of being there. Everybody has a stereotype of destinations before they go there. Before I moved to Texas, I thought it was tumbleweeds rolling down the middle of the street. And that's, of course, not true. And, of course, there is the thought that when you go to Alaska that you've got your igloos and there it's, you just wouldn't have a place to brew beer. But that's not the, the whole area of Alaska is not set up with igloos. We have towns and cities just like every place else. So we have to get people, get people beyond what their mental uh, perception is about places. I, I was to comment on that. I did have fun with that when I went down to school. They're like, oh, Alaska, oh, my goodness. Like, did you live in an igloo? I'm like, of course, a two-story. And I got to school by my dog sled, you know, mush. And they're like, really? It's like, come on, guys. <laughs> But I mean, like, like, yeah. like that, that mindset, it's, we do have, yeah, one because that's, that's all they see. That's all they see on TV when they do, you know, when you do movies and stuff, they don't really show you that they're really towns just like any other place. That's the mm-hmm. fun part about traveling though, is just knocking down those walls of stereotypes about a place and the people that live there. That is for sure. So by all means, come on up and visit. Yeah, I'm I'm coming. I'm I promise you I'm coming. I have one other question for you though. What's on your bucket list? What's on your bucket list? Oh, that's a good one. That wasn't part of your questions, I don't think. Yeah, it was. It's always part of the questions. What's on your bucket list? Oh, actually I okay, I do have that. Um <laughs> I do. So um out of state. Um I've never been to Italy. And so Ooh. I don't know if it's part of like seeing the Tuscan sun or like getting an idea of a villa and mm-hmm. being out in Tuscany and then being able to, I'm a sucker for farmer's markets. I just love those. I and do so too. being able to walk the cobblestone streets and pick up my baguette and the bottle of wine and the cheese and whatever fresh ingredients I would need to prepare a wonderful a meal. Italian meal and mm-hmm. really learn how to, to make a, an awesome pasta. You need to listen to my podcast from a couple of weeks ago. Um, in fact, it's called, it is called the one that would be great for you. Where is it? Um, living her bucket list dream with Don McDaniel, who um, did some solo traveling. She spent two weeks in Italy and she hiked and she um, rented little apartments and she went and bought ingredients to make her food and she ate at small, you know, restaurants and met new people. That'd be a good one for you to listen to. That was from June, June the 8th. June 8th. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. that will be a good one. That sounds wonderful. What time of year? I'll just listen to it. I'm going to say what time of year? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, she just got, she just went a couple, last month or so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but that would be good. Well, I sure do appreciate you coming on the show. I know we have been trying to connect, and poor Sasha has been dealing with some lost vocals. Her vocal cords gave out on her, and so we've had to reschedule a couple of times. But I do appreciate you coming on the show today. Well, thank you so very much, Karen. My pleasure. Well, I'm going to take another quick break. And when I get back, we'll have some more Your Bucket List Buster. Thank you. You're listening to Your Bucket List Buster on eWomen Network and iTunes. This is your host, Karen Duncan. Well, folks, that's all we have time for. Poor Sasha. She's been, uh, she lost her voice several weeks ago. And we had been postponing her her conversation for a little while so that uh, she could get it back. And she was still a little raspy, but I hope you heard clearly all the good things she had to say about Alaska. And so this is the end of today's show. We I had a good time. I hope you enjoyed learning more about Alaska and what there is to do. Next week, we'll have inclusive theme parks with Marguerite Frankis. Um, she has a blog and a website called um, Autistic Globetrotting. It's all about 
traveling with uh, special needs children or family members. So it's going to be a really good show. And this is your bucket list buster. Travel recharges your mind, body, and soul. You deserve it. Your Bucket List Buster is here to help you start living your dreams. Visit me on Facebook, like me on Instagram, and post some pictures. Remember, we're, we're going to start doing some Bucket List Buster type of trips, so you need to go to the Facebook page, sign up, and of course, please subscribe to the show. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you found some resources in today's show that excite your travel juices provided you with some valuable information for your next trip and it gave you permission to take time off and have some fun someplace in this world this is karen duncan host of your bucket list buster i'll see you next week